Hello and welcome to season four of the Big Boss Book Club. Thank you for listening to the Big Boss Book Club. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Boss Book Club, Twitter at Big Boss 010 and on Facebook at Big Boss Book Club. Uh, you can support the show by giving us a follow on any of those social media platforms, uh, a review on any of the platforms that the podcast is available, such as uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and, and Google Podcasts, as an example. You can also subscribe to the show on any of those platforms as well, so you get the show sent straight to you on its release. Um, our link tree is also available on our Instagram and Twitter accounts. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it and enjoy the rest of the show. Hello, welcome to this week's show. This is actually going to be the final episode of um, Season 4. Stretched to one more episode, just really wanted to cover this before we finished up for a few weeks. Give me a chance to um, catch up on some recording and actually getting ahead of some of these games that I want to review. Um, so I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who has been uh, listening each and every uh, Monday or whenever you've been listening uh, to me and, and the people I get on to ramble about rubbish that we, we like. Um, it does mean a lot. Hoping to return in Season 5 with uh, a few more guests, um, a few more episodes where I've got people sort of joining me, whether it's discuss things like wrestling, movies, flesh and blood, very much similar to this season, but hopefully get a few more different different people on as well. So, so this episode, back to focusing on flesh and blood. I know, shocking, right? Um, <laughs> Flesh and Blood has taken a lot of my free time, uh, probably more than uh, previously, due to sort of my own personal time being quite restricted. Um, you know, I work full time. I've got two year old son. Between work, home, it very little time to sit and play games. Um, so when I do get that time, I generally try and prioritise the games I want to play. So to be quite frank, it's mainly Arkham Horror and, and Flesh and Blood. Um, originally, uh, this episode was actually going to be a, a deck tech for a chain bound by shadow, which was a deck I took with me to a, a pro quest and, and got into the top eight. Um, but with chain, um, well, he's got enough points. He's a living legend now. That there's no point going over a <laughs> deck tech at this point for a character that you're not going to be able to play in a constructed event um so absolutely no point going over that um so what i wanted to do really was actually discuss my experiences so far with the commoner format um so i mean what is commoner so when they released the fab 2.0 article which I, I did an episode about if you do want to go back and give that a listen they essentially confirmed that commoner would now be considered an official format of the game um, so, so again, what is commoner? Um, essentially, it's a very, very cheap way of getting into Flesh and Blood. It's, it's essentially the, the, the gist of it. Um, it you play a 40-card deck, so pr it's pretty much the Blitz deck-building restrictions, but um, you can only play with common cards. You can have up to two rares in your equipment-weapon dash slots, and you can play with a rare hero. So... You can't play with any Majestic Hero, Legendary Hero, so Shiana, for example. Um, you can't play with them. Um, uh, Genis Watchneed, I think, is a, a Majestic as well, so you couldn't play with him. 
but you can play with pretty much anybody else that's available to play in Blitz. So, with this being an officially recognised format now, this can be used in Armoury events, on-demand events, um, online events. Um, if anybody's been following Go Again Gaming, they did recently did their Go Again Gaming Open 4, which was done via the commoner format on, over Discord. Um, so now you can gain XP by doing these events, which I think is pretty nice for new players or, or people who um, kind of don't want to dive in with the with the high cost of the Majestics, Legendaries, Fables, it, it's quite an expensive proposition. Um, there are a couple of discords that do push commoner, so again, I mentioned Go Again Gaming, that's that's on there if you follow as Go Again Gaming at um, Twitter and on um, Instagram, you'll be able to get the link, I think, through them to, to the Discord channel. There's Flesh and Common Blood, which is actually running a league, which is one of the reasons for this episode and I'm actually taking part in that um, if you follow Smith L Smith E-L on Twitter um, you'll be able to get the link for the Discord server there it's a very very cheap very very quick easy way of getting into the game at a very very base level but it does have a lot of um, uh, say power powerful uh, <laughs> combos in commoner um Something which is, I think, is massively offset by constructed, but we'll go into that later. Um, so essentially, commons probably only going to set you back a few pence, maybe, maybe a quid something. If if depending on the common, you sink below red, for example, is going to cost you more than say a blue choke slam. So as a sink below is pretty much considered a staple in in this format. Um, but it is common, so and it's used in every other format as well, so, so it's, it's a good card to have at least three of. Well, I say cheap. How cheap can it be? Well, let's put it into context. So I spent £60 on a bulk of Flesh and Blood cards to help pad out some of my existing sets. Now, I've used a few of the cards from that bulk, and at this present moment, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I have 14 common decks that I've uh, <laughs> built using just those cards and nothing else. Um, the aim of them is to give to, to newer players in sort of the local game store, which is Northwich, which is a bit of a drive, but um, to hand over to them and they can give to newer players. But I've still got plenty of the bulk left. So, I mean, if you think that, I mean, let's just get the old calculator up. So, what was it, 60? So, let's say divided by 12. So, that's a fiver. So, that's £5 a deck. And I've still got plenty of, of cards to make more. So, potentially, that value is going to decrease as well. So, you may be looking three, £4 for a deck as opposed to, you know... I mean, if you think about some of the cost of legendaries, looking you know at the moment, Phantasmal Footsteps, for example, is around £170. Um, Spring Tunic, £150. You know, and you can build a whole deck for, for a fraction of that in the commoner format. So, one thing I did want to raise is the Go Again game in Open 4. Um, and I'm... I did raise it during the time when we were speaking on the YouTube stream that any time you make something a competition, you naturally evolve that into a competitive event. So I think initially, 
the commoner format was designed to be a bit more casual or intended to be a bit more casual, get new players in, um, open the door for, for sort of variety. But as what was noticed during the uh, the Gogan game in Open 4 was that a couple of people rocked up with them, high tier, what would consider, I guess, high tier, chain, briar. The split damage problem in and the speed problem in, in commoner is very much there. I mean, some of the cards in those two decks were banned in normal constructed and blitz. They're not banned in commoner <laughs> yet. So I think at some point they'll need to be a little bit more review in terms of uh, banned and restricted cards in that format. But I wouldn't highly recommend running it as like intro and maybe even leagues like again like uh, Flesh and Common Blood. We, the league they've got going there is is really fun. I've had a, been having a great time playing. So yeah, I think maybe things like entry prizes, generic entry prizes, but maybe not necessarily pushing like a first place or second place. But I know that the uh, Flesh and Common Blood League is doing like entry prizes every week, random allocated prizes. I think there is a cut off and like top tier prizes, like first and second and all that, but but a lot of the, the prize support is going to sort of basically randomised, which I think is quite good. Um so as I said, I am part of this league via Discord. Um at the time of recording this I have completed four out of my six games. Just really wanted to go over the games I've had up to this point and sort of really sort of give you my feelings on on the format um so i've rambled for a little bit we'll go for a quick break come back we'll just talk a little bit about the discord server itself actually and sort of what they're looking at doing and then we'll, we'll get into um, my games how they went and then we'll have a look at the actual deck i'm using as well and, and my reasons for using it so uh, we'll go for a break and we'll uh, be right back thank you very much Welcome back. Okay, so the Flesh and Common Blood League. So this was um, set up by a chap called Smith L via Twitter. As I said, uh, Smith E-L via Twitter. Um, name's Chris. Yeah, nice guy. Spoken to him a few times. Um, really good to interact with. Very much wanting to build up a, a, a community in terms of the, the commoner format. Um, so essentially wanted to run... When it was announced that Commoner was going to be an official format, he wanted to really set up a league, like a, a casual, try and keep it as friendly as possible league. He set up a Discord, which actually helped him test out. And the opportunity to come in and play a weekly game of Commoner for free, but get prizes out of it, which I think is phenomenal. He's had a lot of people donate prizes, which I think goes to show the the support for this format to try and get people playing on a more casual level. There's a lot of people who you see on like Twitter and, and Instagram who are like, need to win, need to win, need to get to pro tour, need to win a pro quest, need to get gold, cold foils. You're never going to get that in commoner because there's no, there's no support for it. It's been deemed an official format, but it's not, got any support not really not yet anyway um you also got people like i said as from go again gaming who's who did the go again gaming four he's done a few more but that was a commoner the the fourth one was a commoner format 
really pushing that commoner format as a casual, just good way of bringing people in, good way of introducing people to the game in a not, you need to spend £150 on this card to win, or at least to help, um, kind of format. So I think, yeah, I, I think it's good. Um, so as I said, at this point, I've played four weeks in the league at the time of recording this. The games are best of three. So to try and make the interactions a little bit longer, because let me tell you, these games can go very, very quickly. Not my games, as we'll go into, but the <laughs> but the um, the uh, generally the because they run the same way as Blitz and they've got access to cards that are banned in Blitz, um, you, the games go pretty quick. Uh, originally, I wanted to play as a Briar. One of the reasons why was I already had Briar built in Blitz. I didn't really want to. I wanted to kind of focus on a different Rune Blade at the time, so I took out all the decent stuff to put in the other deck, and what was left in Briar was practically nothing, so I thought, ah, oh, perfect, I'll just strip her down then, get rid of any rares, Majestics that are lingering, fill it out with commons, and I'll just play it as it is. The The deck was very much the, the, the what they call the Cheerios deck, so there was practically nothing in there that cost any resources, it was pretty much all cost zero. There's a couple of copies of Razor Reflex in there, which costs one. But aside from that, the only other thing that cost anything to use was the uh, sword. Played my week one game against a, a, a chap playing his chain. Um, we played via webcam on Discord. It was it was very one-sided. Like, I pretty much just sat there and, and he won. Um... And I didn't think Chain would be that good in the commoner format. But boy, was I wrong. <laughs> um, I lost two straight games playing as Briar. We did play out a third, which I did win. But only because I, I completely pivoted and just blocked him out. And he died from blood debt. It, it was the only reason I managed to win. Um, but in the two games, I didn't even contemplate doing that. So yeah, so I, uh, I, I lost. The... I think the big mistake during that game was playing it like I was playing in Standard Constructed, where I kind of just go, eh, okay, do what you want, I'm going to block you on the back end and I'll keep firing stuff at you in the interim. And that does not work in in Commoner. The equipment, the block isn't there in equipment to, to back you up. So it's very difficult to come back when you're just letting your opponent wail on you. So this brings me to week two. Now, week two, I had an epiphany where I just kind of was like, I was speaking to, um, um, it was, oh, was Arafel on, well, actually in our, our Discord uh, chat, because we also team up on a, another podcast, No Blocks. I was just chatting to her about it and just saying, because she'd saying she was playing as uh, Bravo and was just playing it as a defensive deck. And I was quite interested by that. Um, well, she was playing defensive, but then working on like... Um, Hitting the big, the big attacks when they come, so it's quite, quite good at blocking, but then really, really heavy when it wanted to attack. I quite like that idea. I did build Bravo for for five minutes, <laughs> um, but then I was just gandering through my folder and I, I saw Oldim um, sat staring at me, and I was like, hmm. So I went looking online to try and find uh, an Oldim commoner list because my original idea was to be quite aggressive 
and just use his ability as a bit of a, a backup. But actually, the lists that I saw online were, were pretty much defensive, like very, very defensive. And I, I thought that was a good idea, so I, I built what I guess is lovingly called Fatigue Oldin. Um, the aim of the deck is basically to take very little to no damage, um, block and negate damage as it's coming. So I took the list, built it on FabDB. My second week opponent wanted to play by Tabletop Simulator, or shortened to TTS. Wasn't too familiar, or I'm going to say very good, using it. Our two games took a long time. <laughs> I think we met up at like 9pm UK time. I think we were done by like midnight. <laughs> we only played two games. <laughs> it, I was very, very slow on TTS. Um, it was very patient with me. The guy was very nice. Uh, PVT Void, I think was his name. Um, very, very friendly. Very, very nice. Very um, instructive because he was walking me through how to use TTS. So, yeah, uh, pretty good. Um, he was playing as Azalea. Which was a little bit uh, thingy for me. I've played as a few times, and he pretty much solely plays as Alias, so I had a bit of experience playing against that anyway. But didn't know if he was going for like a go tall or a go wide kind of build, so just kind of took it as it came. Um, he went wide in the first game, lots and lots of attacks, pretty much just blocked him out at every turn. Um, I think the lowest I ever went down to, I think, was maybe 13 health in the whole game. Start off with 20. Um, eventually he decked himself out in both games. The second game he actually went for a go tall. Where he was trying to throw really really big dominated attacks. With the amount of defense reactions. Instance. Block. The old Dimas. He doesn't, he doesn't care if you're going to try and go tall. If anything it's more beneficial for him. Um, so yeah. So he, he decked out in both games. It was a really cool um, game. He even agreed after, he just couldn't get past the ability, the reactions instance. Every time something looked like it would work, it just I just basically negated the damage, or if I didn't, I took very little damage. So it was it, it was it must have been a very frustrating game, but I thought it was it was quite fun and, and he even said after he he thought it was a really good build. So that that was quite nice to hear. Um week three, uh, my opponent was uh, Reese from um New Zealand, which was Really awkward to to get the game in. We actually missed one of our uh, scheduled games, um, which he actually apologised for because basically I was sat there on Discord for like two hours. <laughs> the poor guy messaged me later on saying, "I'm so sorry, my alarm didn't wake me up because it was like supposed to be like seven seven thirty in the morning there for him, but it for me it was you know eight thirty nine o'clock at night. So yeah, I, I wish I could sleep in that late. Never not not going to happen for a while. I don't think. Um, but he was using Chain, which gave me, like, massive anxiety. Back to my first week, um, as soon as he said, oh, I'm playing Chain, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, he played it very differently, um, like, really differently. Like, he went really big on the attacks, like, really big. Like, he was throwing pummels. I was like, even he laughed. I was like, yeah, pummel Chain. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have expected that. But, by God, you know... He went that way. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I used what I felt was the right armour. On reflection, I think I could have probably done with more armour and less arcane barrier. He wasn't throwing that much arcane, but I went in with arcane barrier too, the lantern and gloves. And actually, I probably could have got away with just using the lantern and keeping my iron hides as uh, my hand, uh, hand block. <clears throat> but um, we, we played the game completely... Uh, fatigued him out, he had one card in his hand essentially he just kept pitching it to swing Rosetta Thorn and then Arsenal, uh, uh, putting it back into his deck and drawing it back up swing, play Rosetta Thorn, back into deck, back up um, but then I <laughs> it got to my turn, I chose to play uh, Winter's Bite uh, which he opted to pay as opposed to um, discard which I thought was really funny Um and then he realised after he did it, he's like, I'm not going to get that card back because it's going to go back into my deck at the end of the turn. And then on my turn, I don't get to draw it because you draw at the end. My soul shackles, he was on like eight soul shackles, I think. So my soul shackle is just going to ban it straight away. So I'm going to have no card, no hand, just some life, um, which was pretty funny. Um, but we played the turn out and I threw mulch at him to finish him off. He only had like, I think he had maybe four health left. Mulch is five damage, so... Yeah, just, just add him off. No, six damage. Six damage, I think, much. Um, but like I said, I think if uh, he decided to concede the second game as he needed to get to work, which was fair enough. The game took a long time, so I was just blocking him out. Um, so he went 2-0. So I think in the future, if I, if I see another chain throughout this league, I think I'm going to go from Arcane Barrier 2 to Arcane Barrier 1. I just feel like, even with the Rosetta... I can kind of let one through. It's not a big deal. The seeds are only ever going to block. Only ever going to come at me for one each. And because they're instances, I don't need Arcane Barrier 2. I can I can use Arcane Barrier 1 to fight them off. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a lot easier moving forward. Also, I noticed the chain gets through his deck really, really quickly in Commoner. Because, um, obviously, you've only got a 40-card deck. So when you're talking, like, turn 5, and you're playing 5 Soul Shackles... You've you've lost a lot of your deck by that point, and if Chain's not hitting the good stuff, like he did a Soul Shackle six, Soul Shackle six didn't hit a single Blood Deck card for him, which was because and he even looked at me. He said um, they're all in my hand. I said I've got all the Blood Deck cards in my hand, <laughs> and I was just like, ooh, that's not where you want them to be when you got Soul Shackle six. <laughs> that's not where you want them to be. But yeah, so it didn't go very well. Um, so at this point, I'm, I'm technically four and zero. Um, I know he conceded the second game, but yeah, it's best of three, so I'm counting it. Um, going into week four, uh, which is the one I've, I've most recently played, um, I played uh, DGTCG via Discord webcam. He played as KO. Now I've never seen anybody play KO. I've, I've heard of people like like I've, I've you know seen people on like Twitter and stuff posting I play with KO, but I've never actually played against anybody playing KO. So it was. Pretty interesting. I went quite conservative. I opted to play Titan's Fist instead of the the Sledge and um, the Rotten Buckler because I thought, hey, a damage blocked is a damage blocked. The first game I felt was going well, but then he got the dice rolls. They all went his way, and he was throwing a nineteen damage attack at me. I can't even remember what the attack was, but it was it was nineteen damage by the time his his buffs and the dice rolls had taken place. My hand only blocked for nine. I had no equipment left. 
and I only had 10 health. So it was zero one, which gave the deck its first loss, which I was absolutely heartbroken about. Um, but it was a great game. Like I was just like, that is awesome. Like it's such a gamble, but when the gam you get the dice roll, the gamble really pays off. And but it's not always going to pay off. You've got more chances of failing the roll than you do of passing it. Because I thought originally Ko's roll was four up. It's not. It's five up. So actually, you've got you know two sixes of a chance of getting the the right thing which is pretty pretty bad um i pivoted a little when we went into game two and i thought actually do you know what i think one of the big issues here was me allowing him to maintain hands so i just decided to completely pivot in in game two and try and be aggressive where i could throwing basically just throwing the hammer whenever i had a blue in hand pitch it throw the hammer whether it was coming for three or four damage, it didn't matter. Just just throw, because he's either going to take the damage, which is great for me, or he's going to have to block. And if he's blocking, I'm getting cards from his hand, and that's going to stop him, slow him down. And that strategy seemed to work. I, I won out there. I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain game two I decked him, and then we went into game three. Um, I went first in game three. <laughs> yeah, game three is the one that's most memorable for me because I felt game three was the one where it, the being aggressive really came together. And I opened up with Macho Grande. So I went first um, and I pitched my entire hand and threw Macho Grande blue at him. <laughs> so he took five damage, blocked with one, out the gate. So, yeah, it, it was... <laughs> it was like, that's, that's not a good way to start. And I was like, no. And I kept... Going with the hammer, same as before, I would block out with what I could. Um, I did a lot more blocking in that game as opposed to reactions. Um, an instance, one of the big reasons for that, if I'm completely honest, was I was using my instance and defense reactions to pay for stuff. So I the defense reactions, because I think in the first game, I'd run out of all my D reactions and stuff. So I wanted to try and spread them out in the third game. So I was pitching them to use the hammer. <laughs> and then I knew they would come up later on when I would need them a bit more. So I did block a lot more in the third game with, with attacks rather than um, defense reactions. Later on, I drew my second Macho Grande. He had a bit of a, a rubbish turn where he rolled for four. Um, where he rolled and got his attack was a four attack as opposed to a... Um, what, what was it? It was. I think it would have ended up being like eight, ten, something like that. He, instead, but he he rolled and he it cut in half. So I didn't block. I just took the damage. Went down to like I think three health maybe. And then my turn. Pitched my entire hand to play Macho Grande Blue, and he only had like one life left. <laughs> so I was just like, whew, because um. If you don't know what Macho Grande is, it's a 7 uh, cost, uh, 8 damage attack in blue. It's a bit higher in the other the other um, versions, but I had the blue one. But it has Dominate baked in. So Dominate, you can only block with one card from your hand. You can block with any like defense reactions from Arsenal and equipment, but hand general hand stuff, you can only defend with one card from hand. And that includes defense reactions as well. So... He only had the one life left. He had no equipment that could block. I knew I'd, I'd, 
I could get him with the Macho Grande. And that's what made me laugh about the game. I started off with Macho Grande and I ended the game with uh, Macho Grande. So um, that was fun. Um, so at this point, 2-1, which is pretty good. So the deck overall going out of week four is 6-1, and one, which isn't a bad isn't a bad place to be. Um, so I've rambled on enough. Uh, we'll go for another quick break. We'll come back. I'll actually talk about the deck list itself. Um how it works, the actual cards in the deck, and then we'll uh, we'll move forward from there. So we'll uh, be right back. Okay, so the commoner deck, Oldim. Um, as I mentioned, I, I opted to, to play him really when I saw or got a feeling that the the meta so to speak in Commoner was going to be very aggressive because a lot of the stuff that had kept Runeblade kind of level is isn't banned in Commoner uh, Seeds of Agony for Chain for example Ball Lightning for Briar so I knew that there was going to be a lot of people running those those Rune Blades for that reason so opted to really go with Oldim as a just a to completely stop them because those decks they run out of steam pretty quickly because they burn through the deck pretty quickly and I'm simply not going to allow them to hit me so I felt Alden was a good good direction um, equipment wise a pretty unusual equipment well it's probably not unusual but the, the weapon is unusual um, so equipment wise uh, iron hides so gauntlet plate and legs iron hides are great in Alden so when you defend with an Ironhide equipment, you pay a resource and it gains two defense. And then, of course, it gets destroyed at the end of the combat chain. So with me wanting to pitch as opposed to block, very, very useful. Very, very good. In fact, I actually play Ironhide legs in my full constructed Oldham deck. So that's how it was just natural to move to the full package. Null room package, boots, gloves and robe. So if you see Kano <laughs> or Icelander moving forward, you can be like, yeah, let's uh let's get those null runes in. Let's let's keep this guy where he belongs in in Arcane Town. Um I do play the rotten old buckler offhand. That goes into the Iron Hide package when you're up against a more aggressive deck or like a go like a really big go wide deck. Arcane Lantern, again. More in there for Rune Blades because I think the Arcane Barrier 3 is probably sufficient, but Lantern's mainly in there to go against the Rune Blades. Titan's Fist, obviously a one handed hammer. Sadly, you can't play Winter's Whale in Commoner. Damn shame because I would 100% be loving that. But actually, the um, oh Helm of Eisen's Peak, Standard Guardian, Head Equipment, Blocks for 1, Pitch 1 to gain an extra hand size that turn. I use, I feel like I use that ability to great effect in, in the games. But the actual main weapon, the one that I'm using most of the time, is actually the Sledge of uh, Anvilheim. Pitch four, swing for six. Sounds expensive, but actually when you get it into a position where you can play it, you find that your opponent doesn't really know what to do. With Titan's Fist, it's kind of a one block you just block out one every, like just one block from your hand every time, and you kind of get around it. You maybe only take one damage or a couple of damage, but actually, when you're presenting six damage, it's 
it gets pretty scary pretty quickly. I had it played against me at the ProQuest at Fanboy 3 in Manchester when I played as Visride. And I was just like, that sledge is really scary. And the guy was like, yeah, I don't think it's taken as seriously as it should. People generally move straight to Anothos because it's cheaper and you get the buff when you've got the cards. But actually, I think sledge is, sledge is quite tasty, I think. So the main deck itself, um, go through the red cards first. So that's one pitch cards, two sink below, two fate for scene, which is your standard zero cost defense reactions, both block for four. Fate for scene's great to get that opt to decide if you want that next card or you want to put it at the bottom of your deck. Um, sink below, great cycle. Got some really helped me spread out my defense reactions because I think at one point I had like a blue or movable in my hand. So I used Sink Below to put it on the bottom of my deck and draw a card. So I knew I would get that unmovable later on in the game. And give me more defence over the course of the, the action. Um, two copies of Red Steadfast. You just can't go wrong for a card that, that stops 6 damage as an instant. So even if your opponent plays Dominate, you get round it by having this card in you. You can get round it by having this card. Um, it just stops 6 damage from a source you, your opponent is controlling. And... You play it at instant speed. Two copies of Unmovable Red. Three cost, seven block. Um, if played from Arsenal, it gets an additional one. It was so helpful in that um, first game on TTS. Because when he was throwing those go tall arrows, <laughs> blocking for eight, and then maybe using something from your hand was, was super awesome, super good. And two copies of Sunkiss, which people seem really surprised to see played um, so Sunkiss is the, the commoner equivalent of Sigil of Solace it's an action so you do use your action point but you gain 3 life Okay, in a deck that's designed to not really take much damage gaining 6 life over the course of the game is, is very good and in some cases you can just take a hit knowing if it's the only card in your hand you'll take a hit knowing that you're just going to gain 3 of it back next turn it's pretty good Yellows, not many yellows, only four in the deck. Two copies of Unmovable. And the yellow Unmovable only blocks for six, but when played from Arsenal, blocks for seven. So, again, great card. Steadfast Yellow does uh, five damage, not six, as you'd expect. So, again, it, it, it just makes sense in a deck that's trying to completely block out your opponent. The Blues. This is where it gets a bit, a bit thingier. So, two blue Unmovable. Blocks 5 from hand, 6 from arsenal. Uh, 2 steadfasts, blocks 4, well, stops 4 damage. Now, attack action-wise, we've got mulch and entangle and glacial footsteps as your elemental guardian attacks. The mulch and entangle fuse with earth. There is a bit more earth in this than there is ice. Glacial footsteps does fuse with ice. Glacial footsteps also gets you dominate if you fuse it with ice. So it's quite a nice card, 6 for 8. So it's quite a nice card to have in the deck. Um, never once threw it as an attack. Only ever used it as a block. But still nice to have in there. The blue ice cards. I've got Winter's Grasp. Which is just a, basically a block. Or to use on your um, hammer. Or to use for your ability. It's You're never really going to throw it as an attack. Winter's Bite. Winter's Bite I did use to great effect during my games. Um, your opponent discards one card unless they pay a resource. Which if you play it as the first thing you do, and it's got go again, um, can really 
mess with an opponent's turn, even if they pay the resource, you're still getting a card out of their hand for next turn, so it's worth it. Um, two copies of Autumn Touch going into the Earth cards now. Autumn's Touch, of course, is banned in... Well, it's restricted, isn't it? In Constructed and Blitz at the moment. Um, so, yeah. But in here, it's still a three block. Still use it for your ability. It's still a blue card, so you can still pitch to use one of your defence reactions or instants. It's just a great card to have. Uh, Breakground. Again, a burgeoning as well. Same reason. They're blues, they're earth... They block. That's all you really need. Now, two copies of So Tomorrow. So Tomorrow was a card I was a little bit dubious about. Essentially, if you play it from it's a one-cost action. If you play it from your arsenal, you draw a card, which is quite nice. But its its trick is that it puts two earth and or elemental cards that cost two or greater from your discard pile on the bottom of your deck. For some reason, in my tiny brain, I didn't think this card was that good. But actually... I used it to great effect in the games. I did play it because it got me some of my Earth cards back, which allowed me to use my ability. And in one instance, I put back two elemental attacks, one of which, of course, was Mulch, which actually allowed me to win a game because I drew it back out later. Overall, it lets you recover four cards and draw two if played right over the course of the game, which can be absolutely amazing. It's got go again, so you can then pitch another card to swing your hammer. It, it it just makes sense. Then we move away, go into box standard guardians. We've got choke slam, which is just a nice three block. It's four cost, so it triggers your um, uh, Titan's fist. But yeah, generally not going to throw it as an attack action. You're more than likely going to use it as a, a pitch or block. And then macho grande, which again has technically is the same. It, it's there as a pitch and a block. But actually, in those games, it, it was incredibly useful. Um, eight damage would dominate. Just can't can't fault that. Can't fault it at all. Um, so, as I said, the sledge is generally what you're going to be looking at. And you're generally going to be trying to throw that. It's just nice. I mean, you're pitching the cards, so they're going back into your deck. It's throwing six damage. Your opponent's usually going to at least be pitching one card to defend. And hopefully two. Which, which really works over the course of a game. Again, pivot into Titan's Fist or Shield and or uh, Buckler, only in certain instances, probably Runeblade, um, high aggro decks, maybe Dash. I might do it with Dash. I did find the Buckler was very useful against KO, so I'd probably even play it against Reinar if I was going to go up against Reinar as well. Armor-wise, as I said, I think it speaks for itself. The Iron Hides are there. For pretty much anybody except Wizard. Um, Wizard then gets the, the Null Rune stuff. Generally, the deck is going to just sit there and block. It's In fact, it's not even really going to block. I can't count the number of times I said no block during our during our games. And I just played instance and defense reactions instead. Um, blocking is for kind of... I was a little bit smarter in my second and third games against um, uh, DG. But... The um, the other games, yeah, generally just you you pitch him, and then later on worry about the rest. Um, I was originally considering removing Macho Grande as well and just putting in another three block lower cost Guardian attack, but after that KO game, I'm <laughs> um, I'm very much reluctant to do that now because that was definitely what got me the whim. Um, Ten defense reactions in total, six instance preventing damage. 
eight earth cards for Oldham's ability, which of course prevents two damage. And then so we've got the two earth cards that do recur. So potentially you've got 12 earth cards <laughs> to use that ability on, which over the course of the game is what, 24 damage? It's not bad. Preventing 24 damage using your ability over the course of a game is pretty good. The, um, yeah. the ice cards you can use for the ability to get rid of a card from hand. I have done that. But it didn't feel as necessary. In fact, there'd, there'd be a temptation to take the ice stuff out altogether and just play earth, earth cards. Um, so I don't know. I'll see how I feel moving forward. So... I think what you're generally doing is if you've got spare resources on your turn, you are swinging the hammer. Maybe occasionally throw an action, attack action if you get one. I mean, uh, Entangle, for example, it's three cost for five damage, which is a better trade than the Titan's Fist, and it's easier to hit than the Sledge. So if you've only got that two-card hand, you could have a pitch and throw the attack, or you could pitch both and swing the Sledge. It's, it's really down to you. So... Uh, yeah, I think I'll probably just leave it for now, if I'm completely honest. I'm really enjoying the uh, the Macho Grande. <laughs> if I can get the win every time a Macho Grande, I'd be really happy. Um, so that will probably be it in terms of the uh, the deck. But yeah, the deck tech itself is, is really simple. Prevent your opponent's damage using defense reactions, using instants, using your ability. And get to a point where they've got nothing left. And at that point, you're every turn just swinging the hammer which is what happened in the chain game i'd recurred all my earth cards so i was just cycling my earth cards so every turn i'll just pitch an earth to use oldham's ability to block out the damage from rosetta thorn then on my turn pitch to swing the hammer because i always had the cards to do it so it was um it, it makes sense and then you're cycling through your deck and making sure you're you're pitch stacking and getting the right cards for that second cycle yeah, <laughs> really, really fun, fun deck to play as. Um, it, it, I call it how to lose friends and alienate people because they're just sitting there desperate. It, the, it's like one of the things where it's like the onus is on them to win and you're, the only thing you need to worry about is just not losing. <laughs> and that's it. Because once they've run out of steam, momentum, cards, whatever that may be, whether it's Azalea, whether it's Chain, you literally just start swinging the sledgehammer for the win. In a standard um, like tournament environment where you're being timed, this deck is probably going to get you a lot of draws. It's not going to get you a lot of wins. <laughs> but you won't get any losses. So I, I don't know if that makes anyone feel any better. <laughs> um, right, we'll go for a quick break. We'll just get some final thoughts and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here and let you enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Okay, so that's pretty much it in terms of the episode and the the season. Um, yeah, weird, isn't it? Um, I'm going to have a break for a couple of weeks, catch up on a, a few things that I want to do. I know that this season, a few episodes I really wanted to do this season, I haven't had a chance to do. Um, I want, um, if you want to listen to the... Judgment Day 2002 episode, you'll know that that was originally planned for season three. <laughs> um, I was started the process of doing Arkham Horror, the board game, 
third edition, which I've really wanted to do an episode about. We started playing a game, me and a few mates, but unfortunately we didn't get to finish it. So I've started doing like the notes for the episode, but unfortunately it's, it's kind of at a point where we don't really have much to work with. So hopefully within the next few weeks I'll get a chance to sit and play that game. Um, hell, even if I have to set it up solo and run a solo playthrough as opposed to a, a multi-man game. Going to get definitely try and get that episode done next season. Me and Martin will hopefully be back for another wrestling episode. We're going to do hopefully some another couple of predictions shows next season. Um, I know SummerSlam will be around the time we're starting back up, and then there'll be SummerSlam uh, Survivor Series November, October, November time. So yeah, hopefully next season. Um, I did start an episode about Disney Villainous as well after Gateway Gamer did their episode on it. I was like, I need to pick this up. I did start an episode on it myself, but unfortunately not had a chance to finish it. So, yeah, this is going to have to uh, <laughs> go on hold for next season, and then I'll get that recorded. going to be playing through Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship campaign, though. So all those episodes will definitely be next season. Um, looking forward to doing that. The season's been really good. I've, I've really enjoyed doing the season, probably more than I've enjoyed any of the other seasons actually um so thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it um hopefully i'll be catching you on in the next season when we start as i said we're gonna try and do two a year keep them a sort of moderate size as opposed to these random big and small series um yeah more flesh and blood obviously <laughs> um maybe a couple of uh oh, one or two Yu-Gi-Oh budget deck techs again there is an upcoming Crystal Beast deck that I'm quite excited about. I wasn't originally going to do Crystal Beasts, but then they've announced they're going to be releasing the Advanced Crystal Beasts, which are like the bad guy versions. So I'm like, surely there'll be support for them in the in the Structure deck. Very tempted to pick up three of them and, and see what I can put together. Already done the, the Strike of Albaz, which I might do an episode about next season, maybe early next season, maybe episode two or, or three. And maybe we'll see. Again, card is subject to change. <laughs> um, in terms of commoner though, Flesh and Blood, it's a great format. If you're thinking about getting into Flesh and Blood, go again gaming. Flesh and Common Blood, find the discords, get on yourself onto Twitter, SmithEL, um, as go again gaming. You'll find those Discord pages. Get in. Commoner is a really easy, cheap format to get into if you just want to try Flesh and Blood. If you then think to yourself, actually... We'll uh, we'll go and we'll do some other, get some bigger games in. You can go and then start buying those rares, those majestics, legendaries, fabled, to get a more, you know. But again, just be careful. Don't end up like me with like a load of uh, <laughs> load of really expensive cards. Um, yeah, but if you're just looking at a cheap, casual game, flesh and blood, commoner format. Is it? You can find events. Like I said, there's the common Discord um, uh, league that I'm in at the moment. There are things like Go Again Gaming Open, which sometimes may be the commoner format. If you're looking for some a little bit more competitive but want to stay at that commoner level, those are great ways to, to go about doing it. I'd highly recommend it. Give them a follow on Twitter. Um, I know as is uh, Go Again Gaming is also on Instagram as well. Um, can catch us though on Twitter, Big Boss Zero One Zero, Instagram, Big Boss Book Club, Facebook, Big Boss Book Club. Give us a like, 
subscribe, leave a review. I really appreciate it. I noticed a couple of um, weeks ago that I've actually had a couple of reviews, like five-star reviews as well, which I'm absolutely stoked about. Um, you know, happy that people out there are actually enjoying what, what I'm doing here and, and uh, the, the support is great. Um, so that's it for this season. We'll be back in a few weeks' time to start season five. A lot of stuff on the, the cards. Whether I'll get it all in or not, I don't know. But fingers crossed we'll we'll, uh, we'll get some business done. Um, thank you so much for listening for this season. Thank you so much for listening in general. Thank you for supporting. Um, I sound like a bit of a broken record, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I'm Big Boss. I'm out. Peace.